Yeah! Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Kirk, how you feel? I feel like we've been together for every single day for, you know, weeks on end. We did the shows together last week. We did the Rams together on Saturday night. We're doing this show together. We got another Rams game coming up on this Saturday night. We're going to spend a lot of time together, my friend. So what you saying you don't like me anymore? No, I do like much? you. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little tired of looking at the same guy over and over oh, and over you. again. But yeah, yeah no, I won't be cutting bad. my hair though. I won't won't be shaving. So just get, <laughs> just letting you know, man. <laughs> You've got a week too going on. You've got a UCLA game this week. But how how great is that? That it's college football season starting this weekend. I can't believe it. Man, I'm so excited. I really am. Uh, I, I love the NFL. Uh, the NFL is is amazing. By the way, it's it just. Uh, always storylines it's always news but man it, it's something about the pageantry of college football but more importantly this weekend going and broadcasting the game at twelve thirty on espn week zero hawaii at ucla but it's always it's about the venue for me yeah being able to walk into that Great rose spot. bowl again and call a football game travis it brings up so many emotions because um, i've been at that i've been at the rose bowl for some outstanding games yeah so all those memories like come back to life right yeah especially no. whether it's like the usc texas game probably the, the greatest football game i've ever been to it's the down. greatest sporting event i've ever been to i oh, mean yeah. that that for me at the top of very, followed very closely by the first time evander holyfield knocked out mike tyson in las vegas that was <laughs> yes. a, a close that was second, a spectacle but yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was something else so a whole bunch of stuff to get into and kirk look i, I don't know if you can tell but i'm in a pretty good mood today because wow, you the ucsb mo- sweatshirt i mean so I t-shirt my t-shirt on. I got my Gaucho baseball T-shirt on. That always puts me in a good mood. But more than anything, I survived the weekend. And I'm not talking about the football game I did with you on Saturday, but the whole move-in process was relatively successful. That most of the stuff that we brought down there, not all, not needless to say, but most of the stuff that went down there stayed down there. And I learned an important part in my relationship with my children, with my wife, and just, I think, generally speaking. Can I share that with you? Sure, go ahead, brother. Trust me, so, I got my pen and paper out. I'm always taking notes from the great Travis Rogers. Sometimes you just need to stop talking and just do it, even though you know it's a terrible idea. You know, that as, as, long, as long as no one's going to die, as long as no one's going to get hurt, sometimes you can just say, you know what, this is a terrible idea, this isn't going to work, but I'm only going to make it worse if I point out all of the terrible things that are going on right now, so I'm just going to shut up and do it and let them figure it out on their own. It was a, it was a turning point for me, Kirk. I'm not there yet. Oh, that's a moment. That's a moment of zen for you. I am not there yet, Travis. Oh no! I will tell you why we're not about to do this. Why we gonna put in all this work and it's not gonna work? Okay. But if we do, you know, if I still go out and do it, Travis, just don't look at me when it doesn't work. <laughs> just well, do that's not the thing. because don't I, look at me when it work. If if it doesn't work, don't look at me. So I I won't even have to say anything, Travis. I'll just have to look like. Like, oh, what are you saying? Why, why are you looking like that? I'm not I already doing told anything. you why I'm looking at you like what, that what because mean? I knew this wasn't anything. going to work. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's that's it. so. It's one of those things. Now you said something very important. If you express your displeasure with a plan or that this isn't going to work, do you end up doing it anyway? 
because I have to. Yeah. I can. I've been able to say, look, we don't need all this. We we end up taking it anyway. So I just decided to skip the part where I make myself incredibly angry and just move forward. I just I I'd made a couple of jokes and we just keep right. it moving and it all worked out and I feel much better about it. Well, or you just have a backup plan just in case. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, what that's I do. Not I, a bad plan. I come plan with a backup either. plan, like just in just case. Seeing you know, a Paw Patrol. Yeah, like Paw Patrol. <laughs> that was that, that that was another thing altogether. By the way, we'll whole get weekend. The p- Paw Patrol just full blast all the time. Oh no! It was you know the, it was an opening this weekend, so I took the kids to Paw Patrol on Sunday. That's and probably look, pretty relaxing. Yeah, it, it, the pandemic <laughs> is still going, and you know the Delta, all that. But the movie actually, everybody's max masked up. Um, it's children get the little popcorn, they get a little uh, a Slurpee, and literally for eighty six minutes. That's how long the movie is, by the way, because I count it. 86 minutes uh they are glued to the television or to the to the screen and so for me um i'm not gonna say i watched the whole thing my eyes <laughs> get a nap in at least oh. <laughs> my cl- my eyes closed a little bit here and there but overall it was a good weekend Good, good. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And all in all, a good weekend for the Dodgers, too, Kirk. I know that they lost yesterday. They lose the game 7-2. to two. I'm kind of just going to put that over into the category of you can't win them all because the right. Dodgers have won virtually them all. They had won nine in a row coming into that game. They're playing some of their best baseball of the year since uh, in their last 20 games. They've won 17 of them along the way. They're playing really good baseball. Now, that's the good side. They've cut the lead to two and a half games but going into yesterday they had it down to a game and a half San Francisco did what they do and here's the part Kirk that just makes me hit my head on the desk over and over again the Giants pulled two out of their you know what this weekend against the A's with late home runs two of them right right that and I get it the Giants are good the Giants are having one of those seasons where stuff starts to go your way the Dodgers are having one of those seasons where not a lot of things have gone their way and yet we only have a two and a half game gap and eventually the Giants are not going to be able to count on eighth and ninth inning home runs to win them games. They have been, for the last two weeks, pulling games out in the late innings. It's, it's, even against bad teams, you can't do that over and over and over again, right. except the Giants that keep finding a way. I'm as optimistic on the Dodgers this morning as I've been in weeks. Yeah, no, I'm still uh, optimistic on where they're at right now. And, and, and honestly, what they can accomplish. Look, the, the Giants are just winning games, but – there's still a series out there for the Dodgers against the Giants. So we know how huge that will be. That That's always in, in my back pocket. I'll keep that in my back pocket, knowing that, hey, we still got one opportunity to square up with these guys. And if we're playing the way we are, we can the, – the, the numbers, I mean, the games behind will make up for themselves. I think this weekend was more so playing against a Mets team that was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right, mm-hmm. Travis? Like, think about it. They had lost, what, eight, nine in a row. Yeah, they've been struggling You know what I mean? Time. Where the Dodgers had won eight, I mean, had won nine in a row, and yet they did what they were supposed to do. Right? They did what, honestly, they played some of their best baseball. And for me, I sit here on Monday as the Dodgers have an off day, and I think about what's ahead of them. I'm still thinking about, think about the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, for the first time, we weren't asking the the questions of man what's going on with this team who's going to hit who's going is Bellinger going to get out of his his slump man what's going on with Kenley this at the end of the day two weeks the last two weeks you sit back and say we actually look a lot better than we did two weeks ago and we're still not even a healthy baseball team that's where I sit at where I feel more comfortable today than I did two weeks ago not about the division but just about the team yeah no well it, it was interesting to watch it yesterday because. 
they did they they looked for this is a weird word. They looked normal, right? They right. just looked like a normal baseball team where the starting pitching was just kind of eh, not great, mm-hmm. not terrible. David Price wasn't terrible, but he wasn't very good either. <laughs> the team only had five hits. Right. The bullpen, you know, all the guys that they ran in there, about half of them were fine, about half of them were not fine. That's kind of how most of these teams play, where you have a starting pitching performance, just kind of whatever, not great, and you don't get a bunch of hits, you don't really get anything going. You usually have two or three games like that in, in any given week. The Dodgers had won finally for the first time in about two weeks, and it really stuck out, and it wasn't like they had a clunker. They just didn't look good. Now, here's the rub, though, right? They're going to have to get right back at it against San Diego coming up tomorrow night. They have a three-game series down in San Diego, and here's the here's the really t- weird part about baseball. What's that? You're as good as your next day starting pitcher, right? That mm-hmm. old cliche goes. Yep. The Padres have been as bad as just about anybody in baseball since the All-Star break. They've been downright bad bad they're out of the playoff picture for the first time since april 21st that's when they were 10 and 10 they've been in the playoff picture every day since then until now where the reds are in that spot all the dodgers are playing their best baseball this season so you think this is a really good spot to kind of jump on them again doesn't matter at all when they start again tomorrow night the potter is going to feel pretty good seeing the dodgers come into the house because they've played really well against the dodgers this season and the dodgers are going to feel really good about themselves because they haven't lost but one game in the better part of two weeks it's actually a really interesting series for both of these teams it really is but it's it's an intensity that this rivalry that was built in 2021 has right this wasn't a rivalry two years ago three four five we can go back but it has been a rivalry this year i think back to the early parts of the uh, of the season where those games were like must-see TV. We're like, oh, man, if this is going to be what it's going to be about all season long, sign me up for Dodgers-Padres. But I think now it takes on a different significance. Right, Travis? It takes Mm -hmm. on a different significance because you've got one team who's kind of questioning who they are. Also, I always love to use this analogy, by the way. It's the one team, like the, the Padres, who are climbing up the mountain and then turned around and looked how far they've come. And I'm like, whoa, I've never been this far before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoa, what do I do here? Yeah, how do I get down from here? <laughs> like, do I get down? Do I continue to keep going up? Like, how do I? And I'm like, the Dodgers are in a similar situation every single year. This is yeah. like, they're just cruising up the mountain. Like, I'm going to get to the top. Like, to me, the Dodgers are a playoff team. We know we're going to get to the top. It just depends on how long it takes you to get there. Like, am I going to cruise there? You know what? I'm feeling pretty good today. Let's just get straight to the top where the Padres are a little bit different. So I look that's why I look at the series coming up is that as much as the Padres have been a thorn in the Dodgers side this year, this is the series that sort of shifts to let the Padres know, hey, it was cute early on, but this is now the real baseball. This is yeah. now the real Dodgers that you're seeing. We're not even 100%, but I still feel like this is that one series that really puts the rest what we saw earlier in the baseball season. And more real Dodgers by the minute, too. That's what's so exciting about this, that we're going to get Julio Rios back on Tuesday night. He's going to pitch for the Dodgers. So all of a sudden, instead of having to have three bullpen games every five days, now you're down to two. So you're getting him back. And it's not just that you're getting a guy back. You're getting a very, very good player back at the most important time. Mookie Betts is coming back on Thursday, reportedly. So Mm -hmm. the Dodgers are getting one of their best arms. They're getting arguably their very best offensive 
defensive player as well coming back into the uh, into the lineup as well. And we're still waiting to hear on when Clayton Kershaw might come back, but he has played catch a couple of times. It seems like he's trending in the right direction. So hopefully by sometime in September you have Clayton Kershaw back. That While everyone else is fighting like crazy, the Dodgers have been fighting like crazy, but they've also been fighting with one hand tied behind their back, and the rope is starting to come loose a little bit, right? They're yeah. finally starting to get that second hand able yeah. to go because they're getting some of their best players back. And if they can keep the guys going, like Trey Turner and Corey Seager and Max Muncy and all the other great players they've had, all of a sudden, as good as they have been, they're going to be better. Yeah, they'll be better, but they also have their guys going. Like as much as we are, this is a regular season, you know, a, a um, series. To me, could this be a wild card series? Right? Could this be a wild card game? And the Dodgers will be able to go out there with the starters who we think could possibly pitch in a wild card game. So it could be a Urias, it could be a Bueller, it could be a Max Scherzer. Those three guys are eligible to, I think, be that. Get, we need one game to win. These are guys going to be the starters. So I, I'm, I'm looking at this more so of maybe psychologically right now where the Padres at. Because if if these guys go out and do what they're supposed to do, now the Padres with all that um, you know joy that they had throughout the season and hitting homers. You lose three to the Dodgers, like it's like I don't care if you're making the playoffs or not. It's it's not going to be good for you. No, the the the, the Padres are in a really weird spot right now. They just have not been the same team that they were in the first half of the season, in the second half of the season. And here's something, Kirk, that I did not think I was going to say until we got to Sunday Night Football on September 12th against the Bears. Yeah, that Rams game on Saturday night was kind of fun. <laughs> it was it was it was it was a preseason game. I know that none of the real guys, you know, air quotes, real guys played, but we got to see some pretty exciting football. We got to see Bryce Perkins. We got to see a couple of really good running backs. We got to see Chris Garrett make some plays on defense. That as far as preseason football goes, there's a, there's a lot to get into with the Rams today. Look, if if they're keeping score, sign me up for it. It wasn't one of those blowouts. I think because of the L.A. roots uh, behind it between the Rams and Raiders Mm -hmm. that you're automatically going to keep eyeballs. But just the fans in the stands, you can hear the roar of the crowd a little bit. And I always said this, watching preseason football, which people say, man, you're nuts. No, I'm not. I love preseason football because I love a lot of the stories, right? I mean, we can get into some of these stories too, Travis, right? A Chris Garrett, a guy who went to a Division II school, uh, St. Paul – Concordia, Concordia Minnesota, yeah, something, Minnesota. Yeah, some small D2 school in Minnesota. Who couldn't play football in 2020 because <laughs> all Division two and three levels of NCAA could not play football due to COVID-19, opts to go into the draft, you know, instead of coming back for another year, and then ends up getting drafted in the seventh round and had an unbelievable game for the round. I, I watch preseason for those types of stories, right? And that's what makes it so much better because I'm rooting for players. I'm not necessarily rooting for a team. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for players to get that moment, to get that 15 minutes of fame, something that we'll, we'll never forget. I, I remember I was teasing you the other day for Rams fans who are out there or people who watch the Rams since they've been here. You remember Nelson Spruce? Remember oh, yeah. Had just Wide receiver. An outstanding preseason. And look, a great story. Now, he didn't really have much of an NFL career. He's been out of the league for the last couple, three or four years now. Mm-hmm. But when it first started, man, it was one of those stories, and he became like a folk hero in the preseason. And, you know, fans in L.A. love an underdog story too, right? The Alex Caruso story. Uh, who else could we throw in there from like a Dodger perspective? Maybe Chris like Taylor. Chris Taylor, Kiki Hernandez. Remember those? Those, yeah. those stories were like the underdog that we gravitate to these guys. 
and that's what I saw this weekend. I'm trying to find that player who we gravitate to and we watch them develop and they become one of ours. Yeah, and I want to talk about Tutu Atwell, Kirk. You're going to have to talk me off the edge every single Sunday with this guy because I'm I'm worried for his safety. we got a lot to get to with the Rams as well. Just one more preseason game to go against the Denver Broncos on Saturday, and then we get to the real stuff, and there's nothing quite like an NFL Sunday. In 15 minutes, we're going to get into why we're not so concerned about the amount of games that the Lakers win, but rather something else. Plus, it is Kobe Bryant's birthday, and he had me thinking about something today that you just don't see very much anymore. We'll get into that next. It's Travis and Slee on 710. ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Kirk, I get a little bit of um, heat every once in a while for being a hater. That, oh, you don't like it. You don't like this. Don't like that. You're a hater. <laughs> Which, you, you know, if I'm being honest, maybe a little bit true. <laughs> maybe a little bit true. Then my my okay. Yeah, my 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 natural uh, inclination is maybe a little more cynical than a little more uh, optimistic uh, in that way, but. Uh, why did you not tell me that the greatest helmets in college football were part of your alma mater? How did I just find out about the San Diego State football helmet this week? That thing's amazing. Why have you been keeping that a secret? Um, I, I mean, because people are just now realizing, but it's been that way for the longest of times. I know even when I was at San Diego State, we actually had one of the coolest helmets. Uh, we were a top five helmet, but I don't know how you publicize that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah we got the coolest helmet in college football. Pitch. <laughs> yeah, like people are like, um, yeah, I'm not coming here just for a helmet. But no, the I helmets would. are man. It's it's been amazing too because we've been through um, the different uh, you know challenges with the mascot because sure. of the the school name is sure. Aztecs, and so you you know want to be sensitive of Native American culture, um, the Aztec. Um, and what it truly means and not demean it in any way. So we've had to go through a lot of different renderings and things like that. But this last rendering of the helmet, it's been around for, I would say, about five or six years, Travis. But when you're not winning a lot of games, sometimes people don't take notice. But I think finally, when people just really peel back the curtain and you look at just how beautiful a helmet that that thing really is on a Sunday when I'm mean, sorry, on a Saturday when that sun is shining, that thing pops through like a candy apple, brother. Woo. It looks absolutely <laughs> amazing. All right. Today would have been the 43rd birthday for Kobe Bryant. And I know a lot of people are going to be talking a lot about Kobe today, and rightfully so. Unfortunately, we all know what happened a few you know years ago, and, and it's still very raw here in yeah. the city of Los Angeles. Still a very emotional thing to, uh, to talk about. Um, but it was funny, Kirk, when, when we were talking this morning about Kobe and about talking about how to discuss his birthday today, you said something that I thought was really interesting, that Kobe could be one of the last remnants of guys that really, really connected with one city. Just yeah. their entire career in one city. You know, other plays like LeBron's always going to have a place in Cleveland, right? LeBron sure. is from that area. LeBron brought their first championship in a million years to that area, et cetera, et cetera. LeBron's always going to have fans in Miami where he won. And right. LeBron will always have fans here like me who are thrilled that he brought a, a championship to the Lakers. But then there's playing your entire career in one city, winning 
in that one city, becoming an yeah. icon in that one city, a legend in that one city, and especially if that city is a place like Los Angeles where you have two of everything, two football, baseball, basketball, hockey, MLS, take all of it, right, right. Ma- major universities. To cut through and be the guy for that long on one team is just extraordinary to me, just an extraordinary accomplishment. And I wonder if it's something we're ever going to see again, where just one guy sets up shop, stays in one place, is beloved by almost everybody, and just says, this is my town. Will we ever see that again? I don't think so, Travis. I don't think so, especially in the NBA. Like We have to travel outside of the NBA and possibly look at someone who can stay for the longest of, of the tenures uh, like Kobe Bryant. I mean, we could throw some other examples. I mean, like we, we could talk about Tim Duncan. Uh, we can talk about uh, Dirk Nowitzki, right? We can talk, you know, guys who pl- played for a long time for one franchise, never left, kind of homegrown. But it's about Kobe Bryant. Like, I, the thing is, we don't never ha- we never have to worry about Kobe outside of the Lakers jersey. Never. Mm-hmm. That's just the jersey that he wore. Well, at the end, we didn't. But there was a time where <laughs> it felt time, like, you know, yeah. whether it was the Bulls, remember the Clippers, remember Jerry yeah. West said that, you know, I had to call him and say, you, look, if you're going to leave, I kind of get it, but not there. Not for that guy. <laughs> Do right. not go to that spot. But we, I don't know if we see it again, though, Travis. It really is. I mean, uh, I think we were talking this weekend. I was looking at some of the, the comments from Kevin Durant and his interview with uh, Draymond Green last mm-hmm. week. and. You're thinking about Russell Westbrook now. You're thinking Anthony Davis. Think about the great players in the NBA. They give an organization just an amount of time, and if they, things don't go their way or, you know what, let me go join my friend over here, there is no one guy that just stays with the franchise in the NBA. Now, yeah. look, I, I'll, I'll give right before, I believe, yeah, before Kobe retired, the, the next guy who, when I think of him, and regardless of what he does as far as an owner or part owner, minority, whatever he, he's doing with the Marlins, it doesn't matter. But Derek Jeter is always a New Yorker. Yeah. Right? Derek Jeter is all He, like, number two for the Yankees, that's just Derek Jeter. Like, that's – I don't have to worry about him. He was a – he, he is a legend in his own right. Like, the uniform looks perfect on him. That's what it means to be – a Yankee. Same thing with Kobe. That you look at the uniform on Kobe Bryant. That's what a Laker. Kobe is a Laker because of that reason. Yeah, and it's Jeter's. I think probably one of the few that is a, a really good comparison because mm-hmm. it wasn't just I'm the best player. It was I'm the best player on the biggest team in town in yeah. the biggest city in the country, <laughs> and, and we win all the time. It's not just that, oh, I'm pretty good, but <laughs> the Yankees were really good for the better part of 20 years. They went to the World Series and won a bunch of World Series, and he was in the middle of it just like Kobe and stayed in one spot because we'll see guys stay in one place. I'd be really surprised at this point if we see Clayton Kershaw leave the Dodgers. Not impossible. Because right. we, you, you've always heard about, you know, he's from Dallas. He, you know, maybe going back to the American League and pitching for yeah. the Rangers in his hometown. Okay, maybe. I wouldn't, you know, if you close your eyes, Kirk, and think, are we going to see Clayton Kershaw in a Rangers uniform? I can kind of see it. It's yeah. not totally out of left field. Aaron Donald. You know, football is one of those teams. You know, I didn't think Tom Brady was ever going to go somewhere else. He's in Tampa, won a World Series. You know, who knows what happens? Aaron Donald could have. A, 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 a season or two where he maybe slips just a little bit and somebody decides, you know, we got to go here, we got to go there. It's, you're just, it's not just being good. 
It's mm. not just winning in those plays because Aaron Donald's been really good and won here. Right. Clayton Kershaw has been extraordinary and won here. It's all of those things and finding a way to become a part of the city that people love you. It's not just that, oh, you win a bunch of games, but they identify you. And there's not a lot of guys on that list beyond Kobe Bryant. We just Magic is one of those Magic guys here. Yes, Vince uh-huh. Scully, even though he wasn't an athlete, is one of those guys here that everybody just seems to feel a certain way and identify with. It's, it's an extraordinary accomplishment. And arguably, winning a championship, no doubt hard. MVP, no doubt hard. But all of that stuff that goes into becoming one of those dudes, and we know what we're talking about, they right. don't exist. Michael Jordan didn't do it. He didn't do it. That's the hardest one, too. People talk about that, that, that Wizards mm-hmm. years. It happened, though. <laughs> I didn't want it to happen, but it happened. Now, um, another guy who I was thinking of right now is Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the guy who's next up in terms of being with a franchise for a very, very long time before he walks off into the sunset. Basically, mm-hmm. we, you, you're our quarterback until you tell us, I don't want to be anymore or I can't play at the level anymore. And then he retires. You're like, okay. But I say that, but then I look at what's going on in Green Bay. And I'm saying Aaron Rodgers is uh, maybe his last year in Green Bay. So it's just like how – or I think you're more just saying – looking at Kobe's just saying how we may not ever, ever see that again. Like how truly special that was for your guy because he was everybody's guy. He was yep. your guy for your team, your franchise, and he never left. You never have to worry about him winning a championship somewhere else or – no – the five championships all resonate right now. All right, that was some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Lots more to get to on Kobe's 43rd birthday. We'll talk about just he did something else, Kirk, that really only a handful of guys in the entire history of the NBA have managed to do. We'll talk about that as well. Coming up in 15 minutes, you know what's coming up in 15, Kirk. It is Ask Slee with Kirk. But next... Is the whole underdog thing with the Lakers a little overblown? Is that just a LeBron thing that he's putting out there to get guys fired up? We'll get into it next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. All right, let me remind you all that we are just about 15 minutes away from another edition of Ask Kirk. So go ahead and send them to me, at Travis Rogers. You can hashtag them Ask Slee. You can hashtag them Ask Kirk. We're going to make sure that we put together a list of things for Kirk coming up in about uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. So make sure that you're here for that. Kirk, did you see Russell Westbrook throw out the first pitch for the Dodgers this weekend? I did. I did watch it. It was good. And? What did you think? Because I, I was excited. Russell Westbrook, one of the great athletes in the NBA, one of the great athletes of his generation in the NBA. I was expecting him to go out there and just fire one in there, and he went with just this giant lollipop rainbow thing. I was a little underwhelmed. Well, the first thing I noticed was that he went true, like, all the way L.A. in terms of his outfit. He had okay. the <laughs> he had the khakis creased. <laughs> he had the, uh, I believe he had on some Chuck Taylors, the shin high yeah, socks. He he was all L.A., so that's the first thing I noticed. But then when he threw the pitch, um, yeah, it was more of a soft pitch. Uh, I wouldn't go softball because that's no, overhand. He, he threw it, it overhand, a, but it yeah, had a, a big lob. arc in it. It, it. it would look like a rainbow, right, like a, like yeah. a blooper pitch along the way. Look, I, I'm not going to throw too much shade because he did a lot better than most people did. Uh, we've Correct. seen 50 Cent is probably at the top of the list. We've uh, Carl Lewis's was just terrible. Mariah yep. Carey's was on, in, in a league of its own. But – 
I've done that. Okay, I, I did it for the Angels one time. Went out and threw the first pitch uh, of a game. It is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it feels – and keep in mind, I was a pitcher in college, so I can throw a ball from 60 feet away and get it yeah. kind of sorted near the catcher. I mean, I, I did it for a long time. I was so nervous walking out there. The catcher looks like he's a million miles away, and it's just hold your breath, reach back and throw, and hope that it hits the glove. You did it for the A's one time, didn't you? I did. I did it for the A's. Did you and- throw a strike? Uh, I threw it. I mean, That's he caught no. it, so it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't a strike. <laughs> but this is what people don't know, don't understand about baseball. You're a former baseball player, Travis. Mm-hmm. I played baseball all the way up through my junior year of high school, but I still always loved the game. If you go out to go throw a pitch and you just go in front of the mound, you throw it. You're eye level. The minute you walk on top of the mound <laughs> to the rubber, you don't to the rubber. You don't realize that you are now elevated. <laughs> Like you are on a stage it's now, like you're on a volcano. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like it is a true. St- like you're up an extra five feet now. It feels like you are standing there, and it's just like a Broadway show. Everybody's watching you, and you're like, wow. And you don't realize that the same angle you were throwing at, if you were level or off the mound, is a lot different. So you have to actually aim a little bit higher. Yeah. Luckily, I wasn't trying to gas it. I was just trying to make the pitch, and the pitch was fine. But, Travis, for people who have to understand what it looks like, walking on that mound is a true stage, and it elevates you to a point where you kind of get nervous. I got nervous on a pitch. I did, too. They ice you because you're just standing there waiting for, like, 20 minutes. It's not like you're in the bullpen warming up, getting a a bullpen session in there. You're all lathered up, sweating, you know, cracking your knuckles, ready to go. It's like, all right, here's your ball. Stand here for 20 minutes and don't do anything until we tell you to move. And now go out there and throw the pitch. Very, very nerve-wracking. So I'll give uh, give Russ credit for for at least getting it there in the air, even though he didn't reach back and uh, throw his his best fastball. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. disappear via the Goodyear hotline and yes I would love to do it again so have somebody uh, offer me (laughs) I will come out and do it um win totals for the NBA season have been released Caesar Sportsbook has the Lakers at 51 and a half that's tied with the Jazz and the Sixers tied for third best one game better than the Suns who come in at 50.5 and third overall the Nets have 54 and a half the Bucks have 53 and a half the Lakers at 51 and a half we need to stop with the Lakers are the underdog thing. I'm hearing it coming. Oh, they're disrespecting us in there. You know, they, they are. All, we, the, Le- LeBron was doing the wash. Travis, thing. they are. No, they're not. Stop. They're Come not on. being disrespected. This is a team that has new players. That's the third most pick win. If you're not number one, it doesn't mean that somebody's being disrespectful to you. They're two, three games behind the number one team. That's not disrespectful. It's not underdog. It means I got to see a little something out of this. You're, if you're not first, you're last. Right? <laughs> Ricky <That's> Bobby, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> if you are not first, you are last. And look, for a team that is very uh, – that's older, uh, I would say more seasoned. That's how I'll use it. I won't try to use – I'm going to try to refrain from the old Lakers. Okay, I'm not yes. going to call them old. For the seasoned Lakers Veteran. of 2021 and 2022. <laughs> and I don't know if they're Lari seasoning, if they're Obey. If they, they, they're, they're some, <laughs> they got a lot of mixture of seasonings all in they one. So I may just on. go with the Laris. The Laris Lakers all right. of 2021-2022, Travis, to me, they're going to have to find. They're going to have to find a lot of motivation. They're going to have to find a chip. They really are. And, th- th- and this is where I, I, I love Russell Westbrook. 
when when he comes into this equation. Russell Westbrook is trying to go for your throat every single game, right? Whereas I look at some of those other players, what's that motivation for a lot of these guys? I know it's winning a championship, and they'll look. They're a playoff team, no matter what. I I, I give them that. They're a playoff sure. team at least. But until they get to the playoffs, I can see them sleepwalking through the season. Like just like literally sleepwalking and then turning it on because you have a bunch of veteran players who've been there before. They know what it's all about. They're not worried about losing uh, a back-to-back in November or a back-to-back in late February. Like, uh, well, whatever. And so they do need to find some sort of – I guess underdog mentality throughout the season, which LeBron is already starting it. He's already telling people, "I'm washed, I'm washed," because they're going to need that energy each and every night. Travis, yeah, I don't know if it's an underdog thing, Kirk. To me, it seems like look, I agree with you that the Lakers are probably so experienced. And by the way, you could put that Lowry seasoning salt on a shoe, and I would eat it. There's really <laughs> nothing that that's not good on. Um, but. It's not motivation. What it is is let me see what this looks like because the the number that you come out, the Lakers are at 51 and a half. I don't care if the Lakers win 52 and like, aha, we did better, or they win 49. It's like, oh, you came up short. doesn't really matter to me. Right. What, what matters to me is when all the pieces are there, when LeBron is healthy, when AD is healthy, when Russell Westbrook is healthy, when Ellington and Nunn and all the other guys that they went out and got, what does it look like? Does it look like the pieces fit well together? Does everybody understand their roles? Does everybody understand how they need to defer to LeBron James or Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook or whoever the star combinations are? Do all the pieces fit together? Not again if they lose a, if they lose back to back games to Phoenix and Portland in the middle of December. I don't. Eh, eh, it doesn't. I, I, go ahead. I think it is something though, Travis. I think it is to where coming off the bubble, it was the Lakers are going to go back to back. That was mm-hmm. the question the whole time. The Lakers are going to go back to back. With the way things ended last year and a bunch of new guys this year, that's still in the back of people's minds. And so we go from the Lakers, can they win or if they'll win, right? Like to now, I think if they'll win or more so um, they have a chance to win. Remember people, you, they throw that in there when you talk about, hey, the Lakers got a chance now. Yeah. But when I look at the Nets and the Bucks. I mean, everybody's looking at that. those two franchises saying, these are the best team in the NBA. Uh, we, we know what's going to happen in the West. You beat each other up always. But these two teams are clear-cut the best, and that's where the Lakers have to draw some motivation from that toward the end of the season, right? Because no matter what, they don't care. They don't care about the home court advantage in the finals. They just want to get there. No, the, the motivation's going to be there. They got knocked out in the first round. Everybody's looking at AD like, really? This is what we, we thought? You know, this, and uh, come on, man. Why do we have so many of these games that don't make any sense? LeBron's got the age motivation. I don't think they need a win total motivation or an age. They, they know that this is getting towards the end of this run with LeBron James, and they got to make it go right now, or where are they? You know, we've talked about the draft picks and all those things that have gone out the other way. This is a win-now situation. You know, the Dodgers are in win-now, the Rams are in win-now, but nobody is in more of a win-now than the L.A. Lakers are right now. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to react to what we saw in that Rams' second preseason game. 2-2 Atwell, are you okay? Is he going to be okay? Kirk, tell me everything's going to be fine. I need some reassurance here. But coming up next, it is Ask Slee with Kirk Morrison. That's coming up. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. 
All right, Kirk, you know how this goes. They send in whatever they want. You can send them to me, at Travis Rogers. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Hashtag them, ask Slee, but just make sure you send them to me, at Travis Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Let's start with this one from L-A-N-H. It says, hashtag ask Kirk, imagine if the Lakers were part of the malice at the Palace instead of the Indiana Pacers. What would the outcome look like? Kirk, I'm sure you know we all remember what happened with the Indiana Pacers and the Pistons a, years, a million years ago, but mm. new Netflix uh, doc is out talking about it all over again. Yeah. Do you think it would have been different had the Lakers been involved? Oh, a lot different. A lot different. Um, first of all, like the, the everybody would have been already gone to, to their cars to escape the traffic. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> Laker like, fans aren't one. as bad as Dodger fans. <laughs> that's number one, just because, remember – uh, at the time that it would have happened, uh, Travis, the game was—it was probably like I want to say under a minute left mm-hmm. when everything's sort of like, or at least under two minutes left. And it was a game. blowout too. So and it was a blowout. Yeah. So I look. I've been to to you know Staples Center during a blowout or that last couple minutes. Yeah, it's not a lot of people there, but even still, though, I feel like Laker fans and the people who are down toward that that lower end of the bowl. Mm-hmm. Not trying to get their outfits messed up, man. Or not trying to waste a beer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, would have like, gotten to that I'm point. I'm just being real right now. So I think it would have been uh, a different outcome, right? Now, if it was some other people who, like, think about it. Like, what does Denzel do in that situation? Jack Nicholas. Like, it's it's more, I mean, Jack Nicholson. It, it is more stars, you know what I'm saying, who are down there than compared to just say yeah, I don't Detroit. think Toby McGuire is letting a cup yeah. go at, at somebody in the first I'm, I'm row not but I did Detroit Travis but let's just say like there's a lot more people courtside who I think <laughs> will definitely act in a different manner than what we saw in the Malice and the Palace yeah I mean, maybe the the initiation of the whole thing's a little different but just the that thing was such a big deal that could have happened in anywhere and it's still going to be a pretty remarkable <laughs> deal here is another one Kirk this is from John it says there's a Del Taco to your right and a Taco Bell to your left. Which one are you picking, and what's the order? Hashtag Ask Kirk. Wow, um, I've never. I've Taco Bell was okay, but my love for Del Taco is amazing. I am a <laughs> Del Taco, and my order. This is my order: four chicken soft tacos, okay. no lettuce, okay, or tomato. I'm just. You just want the meat cheese, and the cheese, chicken, and and the sauce. Okay, <laughs> okay. so that, that white those, sauce, right? Yeah, the white sauce. Oh, man, it's amazing. So you get four <laughs> of those. Then I get the the uh, dollar. Remember the dollar bean burrito? Sure. So it was bean cheese burrito, four bucks. So now I'm sitting at about like four seventy five. I think something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're well under ten. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm still I'm still under ten bucks. Oh, for sure. And then I think I just got the uh, the then I got the what did I get the the big Steak taco. Yeah, two big steak tacos. And that's it. It's no, no lettuce. But that's it? No you just tomato. named seven things. <laughs> what do you mean that's it? Yeah, because I think this, is, <laughs> this isn't like a regular order, though. This is my late night munchie run. This oh, is this is. Time. Oh, okay. This is after yeah. a night out, maybe a little bit? Yeah, because I'm just not going to Del Taco during the day with so many authentic Mexican food places that are around. Like, I feel like I'm wasting money doing that. No fries? So, 
like late night yeah I, i'm not i can't do the fries i'm just doing six tacos because those those little those chicken soft tacos are more like an appetizer though <laughs> i mean like you can <laughs> inhale those with like one bite you know what i'm talking about yeah they're they're, they're are, two bite tacos they're two they, bite they, tacos they let's be honest like come on man and <laughs> these aren't those the the you know the chef tacos or the street tacos that you get outside of a laker game after the game's over you're like oh man like no these are like literally you can inhale them with <laughs> one to two bites. There so you go. for those, the bean burritos are kind of to slow you down a little bit, and then the savory taste of the two big fat steak tacos <laughs> with no lettuce and tomato. That is my Dell Taco. Oh, and a water. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get crazy. Just we'll just <laughs> yeah, we'll just I'm have a water go, along the way. Yeah, water because you say like, oh, excuse me, would you like a drink? I was like, uh, how much is a medium? They're like, oh, that'd be one seventy nine. No, just give me water. Just give me good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one seventy nine like just it's just just did it. Sorry, just just a nice couple of ice water. I'm all right. All right, here's one from TFP. If baseball stadiums have helmet nachos, why don't football stadiums? Hashtag Ask Kirk. This is perhaps the the best question we've gotten in quite some time. I'm a huge fan of stadium helmet nachos at a Dodger game, an Angel game. Why are we not doing that? With the, I want Andrew Whitworth's helmet filled with nacho <laughs> chips, cheese, guacamole, sour cream. I want I want something that size. Oh, man, quick story time here. Quick story time before I, I talk about this, but quick story time. So I remember when I was a rookie, um, my defensive coordinator by the name was Rob Ryan, who was hilarious, by the way. Absolutely one of the best coaches I've been because everything was was always funny to him when it comes to, like, ripping on the rookies. And I remember one time we're getting ready to play the Arizona Cardinals, and he says, Morrison, are you ready? I'm like, I'm, I'm ready, coach. He's like, I don't think you're ready yet. They've got a guy on their sideline, big Leonard Davis, right? Big offensive tackle, went to Texas. I mean, Travis, this dude was huge. <laughs> I mean, huge. Like, he described him as he is a building with feet. You're not going <laughs> like to be that. able to move this object, Kurt. I'm telling you. He is the biggest dude you've ever seen, and I just want to make sure that you're ready because when you're out there on the field and I see you running, I see you hiding, I see you trying to come out of the game, I don't want any excuses. Are you ready? I'm like, yeah, coach, I'm ready. He's like, so don't get nervous when they come out of the game. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because when they introduce the Arizona Cardinals, they run out of his helmet. That's how big <laughs> of a guy he is. <laughs> I literally lost it. That's great. That is but, fantastic. But, uh, but honestly, uh, why don't they have, like, football helmet nachos? That would actually be pretty cool. You get a replica football helmet. It probably don't cost that much to make, but put a bunch of nachos, eat it, you know, eat the eat the, uh, you know, And eat I could put, like, the, uh, the jalapenos in the chin strap, right? Ah, Just that there little, you go. That little yeah, cup like, right there. See, we I've might have to start something now, Travis. We might have to start something, man. Helmet <laughs> nachos with the chin strap as yeah. like the little condiment section. That's there right. we go. We got it covered. We, we got to fill in the ear holes so nothing leaks out the side. But the rest <laughs> right. of it, we've got covered. We're going to need like an LT face shield to hold everything in through ah, the face mask. Ah, look at too. you. That's you adding on, adding on. <laughs> That's right. I got it covered. Astley is brought to you by Kia Carson. This summer, find your next car or SUV at Kia of Carson. Hurry on in to Kia Carson for the best selection off the 405 at the Carson exit. Go to Kia of Carson.com. Coming up in 15 minutes, would going independent be the best thing for USC football? But up next, Tutu Atwell, is he really going to be able to be that guy in the NFL? We saw some things on Saturday that has me a little worried, Kirk. I'll tell you what it is next. It's Travis and Slee on 710 ESPN.